You're listening to the Vendo Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vendo Podcast. I'm joined today with my colleague, Yoji Cole. He is our business development manager, and I'm Nick Martinez, our senior marketing strategist. Uh, super excited again uh, to have you all here today. Um, so the topic for today that we're going to be discussing is channel control. Um, so here at Vendo, we've developed over the years a six-step channel control strategy um, that is meant to maximize buy box, maximize sales, and uh, protect your brand image on Amazon. And um, I know Yoji, uh, you know, you, you do a lot of uh, interacting with brands. You know, you're out in the field going to conferences, going to trade shows, um, doing all that type of stuff. And, and I know you get a lot of feedback at those um, events and those conversations about um, channel control issues and maybe some misconceptions or, or concerns about it. Um, if you could just tell everyone a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, a lot of, you talk to a lot of different types of brands and you're always talking to brands about, you know, well, how can you maximize sales? Well, making sure that your sales are going through, uh, you know, your uh, vendor central, your seller central, that, that uh, you know, your authorized uh, seller is the way to make sure that one of the ways to make sure that you're maximizing sales. People still don't realize the that they can eliminate unauthorized sellers. Um, and yeah, sure, it, it does. Um, it, it's kind of counterintuitive, if you will, to Amazon's uh, way of doing business because Amazon allows anybody to sell. Uh, and I always get the pushback from brands that I'm talking to who aren't aware that you can eliminate uh, unauthorized sellers. They say, well, you, you know, what if, what if the, uh, you know, what, what if the price is, is this, you know, okay. What if, you know, we can't tell them to get off the, uh, our listings because of price. We've already talked to Amazon about that. And Amazon says, Hey, nothing you can do about that. So yeah. So that's when I go down uh, and explain to them and, and go through our, our strategy that we have that's been very successful. Um, you know, brands that I talk to are having all kinds of problems because of their lack of uh, channel control. Uh, one is that they are trying to get into retail. And when those retail buyers open up their Amazon listings, they see that, well, wait a second, you have, you know, 20, 30 sellers on here, 15 sellers on here. Uh, they're all at different prices. Or they even say, hey, you've got all those sellers on there. They are at the same price, but what happens if two of them decide to dip below and now I have a price that is, you know, at your map or at true retail, but now on Amazon, people are, you know, buying it for cheaper. Now they're using my retail establishment as a showroom for, for purchasing on Amazon. Yeah. So, so that's what brands are dealing with on a, on a regular basis. And it's the uh, lack of knowledge of how to uh, eliminate those uh, unauthorized third-party sellers that um, has them stuck, if you will. Yeah, no, uh, excellent. Very, very, very telling. And, um, you know, just to, as a little teaser here, um, you know, what we're going to go over today um, is going to basically lay out um, some of the steps to essentially cut down about, you know, at least 90% of the resellers on Amazon, if not 100%. You know, you, if, you're, if you're a brand that's killing it out there, um, you know, more likely than not, you're going to have new resellers pop up here and there. And, and that's just kind of a reality of the business. But um, what we're going to go over is really going to uh, 
be uh, meant to get rid of about 90% of that, as well as control it on an ongoing basis. So if you do have any new resellers jump up on your um, on your product pages, um, you can take action swiftly and minimize the negative effect of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think we can jump right into the steps here. Um, I, the, the first step that I'm going to talk about is really about uh, prevention and reinforcement. So this is more about, you know, you, maybe you're new on Amazon or maybe you've been on Amazon and you want to prevent future resellers from jumping on your product pages, right? Um, there's a lot of different things you can do to, to, to do that. Um, one of the things you can do on the manufacturing end or the production end is to make your product um, materially different on Amazon um, mm -hmm. so that no other reseller um, can get that exact same version of that product because you, you have a different product version of the product from for Amazon than you have for um, your other channels. Um, yeah, so and, um, yeah. and Nick, that, that, that's very important, that whole material difference concept. Yeah. Uh, it's something that a lot of brands aren't aware of. And when they do talk about it, they say, well, wait a second, if they bought it directly from us or from an authorized retailer or distributor, how is it material, materially different? So that's going to be uh, you know, good advice for us to be able to provide. A hundred percent. And so if you can plan ahead and do that, you know, uh, at the production uh, manufacturing stage, um, by all means, and, you know, it can be, it can be things such as product packaging differences, you know, slight modifications, um, just something that shows that this product is different. Um, a different UPC, of course, for Amazon would be the, the most ideal um, yeah. because you're only allowed to have, you know, one, one product page per UPC. Um, but yeah, just materially different. Um, aside from that, you know, some things you can do on the prevention side is, um, is, is with your legal documentation. So, um, if you don't have a reseller agreement in place right now, um, highly recommend that. So a reseller agreement basically stipulates where your customers can resell your products. Um, it can be, uh, kind of, a um, uh, overarching, uh, rule that says no online reselling. Um, or it can be a little bit more specific, like no online reselling on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Right. You know, you can get specific with it. And of course, with your direct consumer customers, that's going to be a lot easier to enforce. I know when it comes to uh, enforcing that through dis distributors such as UNFI, KEHI, whoever your distributor may be, it gets a little bit more tricky because, of course, they're in the business to sell your product. And uh, a reseller agreement that prevents online reselling is, is an obstacle to, to them for, for getting your product out there. You know, Nick, um, something that, uh, that, that just comes to mind is uh, I've talked to brands, you know, over the years, hundreds, hundreds of yeah. thousands of brands. But there was one brand that really sticks out. It was a, it was a nail, um, you know, a nail brand, major one. And what they had to do, they had like, gosh, they said 180 plus different uh, distributors out there that they went to and told them, this is a new agreement. You are going to have to sign this agreement or you're not receiving our product. And I'm seeing more brands take that mm -hmm. because they've been in these relationships for several years, if not decades now. And they're realizing Amazon is such an important channel for us. We have to... Uh, tell our distributors and our retailers 
that they can't no longer, you know, they no longer can sell on, uh, on, on Amazon or Walmart yeah. to, your, for, to your point. So well, what do you do? So what this nail brand did is they went back to all 180 plus of their distributors and told them, hey, if you're not willing to sign this agreement, then we're no longer going to do business with you. And some of them, a, a small percentage of, of their retailers and distributors dropped off, but a vast majority said, you know, the value that I'm getting from selling your brand in retail supersedes what I am doing on, on Amazon. So uh, they were able to, um, you know, use that, uh, what you're talking about here, putting a clause in the agreement stating that they're not going to be selling on that third party, uh, any third party sites other than their own websites. So yeah, definitely yeah. do that. No, that's a, that's a great, you know, real life example of, of this in play. So um, yeah, I mean, if you can get those agreements in place, definitely do that. Um, you know, some distributors are harder than others, but if you, if, if you push, um, you, you can most likely get it done. And, you know, resale agreements are more difficult than map policy agreements. Um, distributors are more open to that. Um, you know, some, some of the distributors even have map policy enforcement programs. Like I know we work a lot with UNFI on mm -hmm. this and, you know, they charge a small fee for the year, but they give you an email address. Anytime you see someone, um, you know, going below map pricing, you send them a screenshot of that. And, uh, you know, one warning and then the second time around they're cut, that, that customer's cut off, um, for violating that map policy. So, and, and, you know, I, yeah. I think a lot of brands don't realize that UNFI will work with you on, on that. Um, I'm still yeah. thinking that some brands don't even realize that when I mention that to them, they're, they're surprised. So that's good. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It's a uh, map at unify.com and, and, and it's an enforcement program. I think they charge like a thousand something dollars a year for that, but mm -hmm. the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands that you end up, you know, uh, saving because of it is, yeah. is pays for it for sure. Um, yeah. And so, you know, with those two kind of documents, the reseller agreement or the map policy really make sure that as many of your distributors, your retailers, your customers, everybody possible has that, right? And if you can get them to sign it, get them to sign it too. That way down the road, there's never you know, any confusion with, oh, I, I didn't know, you know. And, and on top of that, add it to your website. Um, add a re your full resale agreement to the, you know, your website. It can be, you know, kind of like you have your privacy policy or your warranty policy. And uh, what's really great about having it on your website is, uh, when we talk about brand registry later later on in the podcast um, and, and different ways to uh, leverage that program, um, being able to, um, you know, reference some of these policies, if it's your warranty policy, that's going to be good. Um, or later on, we're going to talk about actually enforcing directly with the customers. Uh, being able to reference the reseller policy on your website is going to be uh, valuable during that. Um, brand registry, yeah. Brand registry doesn't recognize distribution agreements um but but um they will recognize warranty policies some of the time so that's that's one example where you could link it yeah and very important to protect yourself off of amazon you, you know we're talking like you said we're going to be talking about how to protect yourself on amazon but making sure all your ducks are in a row off amazon is extremely important and oftentimes something that um you know other, you know, Amazon management firms might not, uh, you know, help you out with. So that's something that's, uh, that's key. Yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and, and I, you know, I think, you know, our channel control team, we really try to go above and beyond to um, make these advisements, you know, really everything we've talked about so far 
is off the Amazon marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just about you know protecting your brand in general um, from from you know people wanting to take a bite out of your pie. Um, so yeah, I think I think that kind of covers a lot of the uh, reinforcement and prevention. Um, tactics um you know uh, the second thing i would say the second step is to have some type of automatic um software or tool in place um so that you are getting automatic alerts anytime someone hops on your product page so that you can take action right away so you know um, there's different services out there um, that will notify you there's even some services out there that will automatically send season desist letters to those resellers right away when they jump on your product page so you know, you might not even have to take action uh, manually and they're already getting that. Um, so that, and yeah. Just just one question, I wanted to confirm. So w- when we're doing this type of work for brands, uh, we actually take a snapshot, if you will, of the third-party seller that's on there, right? To show the brand. Yeah, exa- exactly. We, we use a software um, uh, where you can actually, um, uh, well, where it will automatically every day take a screenshot for you and load it into your data in your database. So you don't even have to do it. It's just the second someone goes below map or jumps on your product page, it takes a screenshot. What's important about that is, Hey, that works at 2am on a Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. 3am on a, on a Saturday morning when, you know, you're, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know, when miss, miss and Mr. You know, brand owner are asleep that that you know that that type of uh, software is is protecting them so exactly it's protecting them and and then when uh you know uh you, you're uh whoever's managing your amazon business gets in the next day they see that snapshot they can take action within 24 hours and and again really minimize that loss of sales because you know let's say you're doing ten thousand dollars a day on a product someone jumps on they die they go below map you you don't catch it till day two or day three, well, now you've lost twenty, thirty thousand dollars in sales. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big, big um, uh, chunk of change there. So, uh, you know, having some type of automation uh, for these alerts is, and, and then of course the, the, uh, the management of that to, to take action is, is vital. For sure. Um, so uh, that covers the first two steps. Um, the third step um, is more about the low hanging fruit of what you can do to merge and delete duplicate listings. So maybe you don't necessarily have a problem with resellers being on your product page, but you have a problem with them creating duplicate product pages of the same product and kind of diverting that traffic from the authorized page to this unauthorized duplicate page. And uh, we see this a lot of the time. I mean, I've, we've, we've worked with brands where there's 10 different copycat pages and, you know, Amazon terms of service says that for every UPC, there should only be one product page, one ASIN per UPC. They're very strict about that. Um, So, so, you know, that's low hanging fruit because all you have to do is show, Hey, two products with the same UPC, have two different ASINs, where the, you know, we have brand registry maybe or, or whatever the reason may be, but delete this other one because we, there's not supposed to be two. And, right. and that's, that's a really good way to just go ahead and get rid of those duplicates. Um, if they won't just delete the duplicate, they'll probably, uh, they'll merge it. Um, merging it can be better too because it kind of consolidates everything into one product page. Yes, it's going to bring over all of the resellers from those other product pages to your product page, um, which is going to drive your buy box down. But if your goal is to um, protect the brand image on Amazon, 
it's still better to have one product page with multiple resellers than multiple product pages with multiple resellers. It's, right. it's, it's just too confusing to the consumer. They're like, which one's the actual product, right? Right. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's and, and getting, yeah. getting rid of the clutter is one of the you know, main things that brands need to do on Amazon, make it easier for the consumer to make the right decision. And, and how important is understanding Amazon's terms of service, uh, Nick? How, how, how important? Because, you, you know, hey, uh, you don't know that, then you don't know something extremely important that you just explained, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you, it's very, very important to understand their, their terms of service and all their policies. Um, and, you know, it, it, like even what I just said about, you know, you can only have one, U, one ASIN, one product page per UPC. That's not necessarily a, a, a policy that you would find, you know, under the brand registry resource page or anything, right. you know. Um, but it is a policy and it can be used for channel control. So, um, you know, you should use it. But yeah, with any of these things, you know, when you're when you're communicating with Amazon, if you can link it back to their policies, it's just like if you're going into court and you're trying to, you know, cite a, a law or a previous case as president, uh, you got to do the same thing on Amazon. You've got to you can link their resource and be like, hey, right here on link from Amazon in quotes, you guys say this. I'm showing you that it is that. So. Yeah take, you know, stand by what you say and take action. And, and, and that's a really strong case to make. And, and I think you'll see success fairly quickly with that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so definitely merging, duplicating lists, uh, uh, merging or deleting duplicate listings. Um, that's a good way to go. And you can do the same thing for um, unauthorized um, listings, such as, you know, maybe someone's selling a two pack or a three pack of your mm. product, but, but your brand doesn't sell two packs or three packs. Well, uh, per Amazon's, you know, uh, terms of service, they actually shouldn't be selling a two-pack if the manufacturer did not intend for there to be a two-pack sold. That, not not as new anyway. If That's getting back to, sell, to that material difference argument too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Material difference in Amazon's eyes says that um, it has to, the product can only be deemed new if it is as intended by the manufacturer. So the second somebody modifies that product you know you see people combining two products like you know two different brands together to create a bundle mm -hmm. that's actually uh that actually makes that product you considered used under amazon's policies um so you can do this to get rid of bundles and and different pack sizes that you don't approve of um and and, and there's you know different tactics that fall underneath that too but just another thing yeah. to be mindful of um, great. So that, yeah, that covers step three, merging and deleting listings, unauthorized listings. Now we're going to get into step four and step five, and this kind of gets into the nitty gritty, the more, uh, where it gets a little bit more, um, time consuming, a little bit more aggressive, um, and where you really start, um, uh, taking out a lot of these unauthorized resellers. Um, and, and, and just to, if, if I, you know, could make the comment yeah. and, you know, out there talking to brands all the time. And one of the things that they're always saying is, well, who is seller ABC? When mm -hmm. I'm up, you know, I can't find the business name. I don't know who the business no owner is, or I can find the um, the business, the true business name and address, but nobody ever responds. So how do I how do I make that happen? So it's good that yeah. you're, you know, you're going to cover this. 
Yeah, no, exactly, uh, Yoji. So, um, you know, really what step four is, so step four, we call it the diplomatic approach. Um, it's also kind of the enforcement, um, the enforcement communications approach. So um, basically what you want to do first is you want to uncover the real identities of all these resellers. And we've got some tricks up our sleeves for how we do that. Um, you know, one of them is um, there's services out there, softwares and and um you know kind of the deas of online enforcement uh, if you will and and they'll they'll put in the work to do the research and, and figure out who is the primary contact you know the decision maker what's his or her phone number his or her email uh, home address office address they'll they'll really unmask a lot of these um these sellers for you and give you some really good information to work with because if you're just relying on amazon's uh, buyer seller messaging system to reach out to these resellers uh, you're gonna get practically nowhere I mean you'll right. get ignored all day um, there's only so much you can say because it's going through Amazon system so really the main point here is that you've got to get real quality mm -hmm. contact information and once you have that contact information you can be diplomatic you can call up the guy and be like hey I'm you know I'm so-and-so CEO of this brand you know, I really appreciate you supporting the brand and wanting to resell it, but you know, we've got these policies in place to not have resellers on Amazon. And this is why going to the reasons, you know, just try to, yeah, just try to, um, you know, relate to them a little bit. And, um, um, and I think you'll well, be surprised. Well, you know, yeah, definitely. I think you'll be surprised and, and, you know, lean in on their overall, uh, business plan, which, if you look at what these resellers are selling, they're selling thousands of different products on Amazon, if they are a professional Amazon seller, right? So mm -hmm. if you're selling thousands of products, you know, getting off of your one listing and not jeopardizing the rest of their business is very important to them, number one. Number two, if it's a retailer of yours, letting them know, hey, and I, truthfully, this is pre-COVID, now it's maybe a little different, but letting them know, you're probably selling more through your retail establishment than you're selling on Amazon, right? Mm. Typically, that's true. They are. They're selling way more through the uh, through through their retail establishment than they are, you know, on, on Amazon. So, understanding that when I, as the brand, start cleaning up my brand, and you no longer have to compete with Amazon pricing, and everything mm -hmm. is consistent across the board that raises you know your sales in your retail establishment because they're no longer again using your retail establishment as a showroom to purchase on amazon the price is the same or maybe it's a little bit more yeah i know that that's a brilliant point and um that does that does come up you know pretty pretty often um so definitely definitely something to be mindful of when you're when you're going into those conversations uh with these resellers and you know, in these conversations too, uh, you can find out about supply chain link links as well. Um, so, you know, if you're talking to so-and-so and you're like, Hey, where did you get my product? And they tell you they got it from, you know, some, someone that you've never heard of. Well, how is that person getting it? And then you, you kind of start following the, the supply chain. And then you come to find out that, you know, someone's, some distributor is, is reselling against your, your agreements or something shady is going on. Maybe Amazon's even liquidating, you know, some yeah. inventory that they found, you know, there's all kinds of things that can come up through this and it, it, it could end up helping your whole business, you know, other mm -hmm. channels, not just Amazon. 
This is when the sleuthing gets exciting. You're like, ah, yeah, all kind of new stuff out. I didn't realize that all these distributors were working against me behind my back. So yeah, that's yeah. That, uh, brands I, I, that I talk to. They get they get excited when they start getting that information back, either getting it from us because yeah. they're doing that work, or they've been able to uh, you know do it themselves. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's, that's the type of detective work that we do here. You know, we, we really try to get to the bottom of it um, because it, it, it all helps. Every little bit helps um, with Amazon and, and your business as a whole. So, um, you're, you know, you'll get a lot of value out of uncovering these sellers. Um, but, you know, let, let's say you're not able to uh, get that person on the phone. You've got a good piece of information, email, uh, phone number, but you're not able to get them on the phone. Well, you've got an email, right? So, uh, what we've developed is a four-step uh, enforcement email strategy. Very, um, you know, the, the first email starts off pretty diplomatic, and over the course of a couple of weeks, it, it, it increases in aggressiveness and intensity. Um, and that's purposely done to really, you know, show that these to these resellers that hey, we mean business, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 in that letter, you know, you're you're citing uh, what you know what uh, Amazon policy they may be violating and or what uh, company policy they may be violating. You know, if it's a resell agreement, if it's a map policy agreement, you, you want to cite that. You want to link back to your agreements or attach those agreements to that email. If it's an Amazon policy violation, you want to cite that link and, and quote that specific policy. So that way, when these people are opening these emails, it's just not an empty threat, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, oh gosh, this, they actually have something on me. I'm actually out of line right now. And if I don't, you know, shaping up, well, I might be in for some trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, we've worked up to this. We've, we've tried being diplomatic. And now we kind of just have to say, hey, enough is enough. We're giving you enough chances. Um, this is what you're violating. And we don't appreciate it. And look, you're, you're going to get some people that, that ignore it still, right? Anybody that's making enough profit out of your brand um, is, is, is going to lo- try to stay up as long as they can. But I'll tell you, by the time you get to this step, step number four, um, that we've just discussed, you're going to most, you're going to have eliminated about 70% of your resellers, 70%. The, the, the remaining 30% are those stubborn ones. And for those stubborn ones, we've got to turn to brand registry. Yeah, exactly. And those are the ones like by, by stubborn, because this is another thing people ask me, well, what if the seller, you know, ABC leaves and comes back as XYZ? which is what yeah. they do all the time as well. So those are the ones, yeah. you know, when we unmask and we see, ah, you came back, we caught you again. And yep. at that point, that's when we turn to brand registry. Yeah, and then that's what I was saying earlier at the beginning is, look, you're, you know, through this strategy, you're going to be able to get rid of, I think, at least 90% of, um, of resellers. But, you know, the, the, the 10% is always going to be these people that come and go and come up under new names and, you know, what have you. So they're just people that buy it at a store on, on a big sale and want to make a quick buck. You know, you're going to have these guys. But, um, yeah, you know, by this point, you're going to get around 70% of them off. And uh, something that I didn't mention that you could do before you turn to brand registry is certified mail. Um, you can send cease and desist via certified mail. If, if if the emails aren't working, the phone calls aren't working, maybe your information isn't as good as you thought it was. Maybe they're just ignoring your calls. Well, a nice certified letter, FedEx certified, you know, letter, legal kind of document uh, right to their doorstep, um, that could pack a punch that the calls or the emails didn't. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah.
I mean, you know, hey, whenever we want to know that somebody received something, what do we do? We send it certified mail, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, again, going back to unmasking these sellers, there's softwares that do this, but there's also little tricks and tips to do this. You know, there's some stuff you can do with test buys. There's a there's a link trick that has to do with, do with Amazon Mexico. I, I won't go, you know, hey, can't, hey, give, hey. can't give away all the, the secret sauce here, but, um, but you know, there, there's some fun stuff out there too um, that, you know, Yoji and I would be happy to, to chat in more detail about with, um, with our listeners um, on a more personal level. Um, but yeah, so going into step five, um, this is where we start looking at brand registry. And, and I know, um, I know every, a lot of people have varying viewpoints on how brand registry should be used or how the Project Zero program within brand registry should be used. And it, 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 there is kind of a gray area because, you know, Amazon makes it very clear that they are not going to step in and get involved with enforcing distribution agreements. So if you go to Amazon and you're just saying, hey, this guy's violating my distribution agreement, uh, can you take him down? They're not, they might not, they probably won't even reply to you. And if they will, they'll say, we don't do that. Um, so you have to get creative. You have to, you have to be able to put forth a legitimate argument that references Amazon's policies. And we've talked about a lot of these things already. One of the big things is the material different um, angle. And if you can show to Amazon that the product is being sold as new, but it is used because it's materially different and not as intended by the manufacturer, then that is usually a pretty uh, sure argument to get that, uh, that reseller, that offer removed. Um, if you can show again that your product um, has different packaging or a different UPC or anything like that, uh, that will be an argument that the brand registry program will look into. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, they were looking at warranties. And so you could say, you know, this reseller doesn't have a warranty. They can't, they can't honor the warranty like us, the manufacturer and brand owner can. Um, but that doesn't really work so much anymore. Amazon's brand registry team has kind of changed their positioning. But I, I still think it's worth a try. Um, you know, but but you, you bring up a good point there. You know, Amazon is constantly evolving. And it's a, it's a moving target, you know, if, if you will, because what works this week may not work as well next week. And I talk to brands again all the time and they're always saying, yeah, you know, we tried brand registry. It just, we didn't get the results we, we, uh, you, you know, we needed. The, the sellers are still there, you know, or Amazon just sent us back things that didn't make any mm -hmm. sense and they were ignoring us. And I, you know, that's where, you know, having a team, that is doing this for a number of different brands on thousands of, of different ASINs, uh, that knowledge of, of how to talk to Amazon, the cadence with which to talk to Amazon, the proper time, mm -hmm. back to your, uh, to, to your analogy about being in court. You know, I use this one all the time. You may be fully prepared to enter into family court, but, but if you're in traffic court, it's not doing you any good. Mm. Well, you know, you really have to know how, how not only how to make the case to Amazon, but you know proper time, the the you know the the proper way. Um, yeah. That's where that knowledge is tough for brands because they just they're they they're working on their brand. They're not working on thousands of ASINs like you know yeah. companies like we are. You know. 
Totally. And, and there, there really is a laundry list of arguments that you could make through brand registry to prove your point. And, and the difficult part is, is figuring out which one of those arguments is going to work. And then, yeah. uh, and then also putting in the, the number of uh, interactions with brand registry, submitting the, you know, a high enough number of complaints to actually test and validate those arguments. So if you're just trying one argument a week, one time a week, you know, you're going to, you're probably not going to get anywhere. You've got to be submitting complaints daily. Um, and, and, you know, the reason for that is on the other end of those complaints, who is it? It's a real person, right? They're, they're most likely uh, based out of, um, you know, India or Costa Rica, maybe the U.S. And, and they've got a quota, they've got a quota to meet, right? And so mm -hmm. they might be cranking through those complaints and just replying back with templated responses, not really reading into it. But if, if you submit to 100 and you get one out of 100 to, to you know, approve the complaint, well, there you go. That's what you needed to be, to be successful. And so it, it does, it can often be a numbers game. Yeah. Um, but it but it also has to do with with quality, not just quantity. Well, you know, let, let, let's relate it to sales, and, and I'm sure that you know brand owners and 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 you know C-suite executives who who run brands can can relate to this. If yeah. you have a salesperson that's making one call a day, or you have a salesperson making a thousand yeah. calls a day, who's going to be more successful? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to, you know, we, we, we always joke over here at Vendo that, you know, we work 25-7, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. We, we, but it's not, a, it's not really a joke. I mean, you've got you've to have these, these systems in place and you've got to have them, you know, once you get all these steps in place, you can automate it after time yeah. and you really don't have to touch it too much. Um, that's yeah. the beauty. Um, but it takes a long time to, to build up that system to figure out what's working, what's not working. And it does require... Uh, regular maintenance and optimization. You know, and, and, and getting back to the analogy that I just used of um, that salesperson, right? Because then yeah. I hear people's thoughts out there. They're like, well, if that one call a day is to the right person with a billion dollar company, well then, hey, I'm, I'm golden. I've, I've sold yeah. for this billion dollar. Well, none of us have Bezos's number. And even he, <laughs> because we do talk to the senior leaders of yeah. And time and again, it's, well, this is just the way it works. So the cadence, you know, getting back to your point of knowing how to, uh, you know, send in the cadence of, of, you know, remove requests, that truly is at the end of the day, um, it's, it's the tried and true that, that, that yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, you know, by the, by the time you've gotten to this point and you've done the brand registry complaints, um, you know, uh, our, our kind of success rate has been uh, about 90%. So, um, you know, and that can be a one month process that can be a two to three month process. Um, it can be even longer and, you know, and, and again, it's going to always be ongoing. So you're going to have to start the process all over again for, um, for certain resellers, or at least go back to like step three or step four. Um, well, you know, and, and I, I would just like to say, you know, so many brands uh, that we have truly helped and saved um, at, at Vendo uh, doing this. Uh, one that really comes to mind is a brand that had uh, one ASIN that was selling about 35000 a month, and they had absolutely no control over it whatsoever. There were 35-plus sellers on it. They wanted to completely delete that listing from Amazon. And when they came to us, they were just said, we just want to get it off Amazon. 
and we're just going to sell it, you know, on our own, uh, you know, D to C. And what, you know, we said to them is, well, wait a second. The thing is making 35,000. Let's control it. The rest yeah. of the catalog, by the way, was making, I think, 30,000, if I remember correctly. So they had one ASIN that they had no control of doing 35K a month. The rest of their catalog was doing about 30. Within 30, 40 days, we eliminated all of those sellers off of that ASIN. We were able to get control of it, doubled their sales immediately. But in the meantime, we were eliminating third-party sellers, the little that they had on the others. And now, after they've been with us since October, this brand is selling north of 500000 a month. So wow. you're able to just you know, put the pedal to the metal once you get control of the, uh, of the sales channel. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a prime example. And, you know, another kind of case study that just came to mind is, uh, is about how it affects buyer relationships. And, and, uh, we had, we had a supplements brand a couple years ago, um, that was in a meeting with buyers at Walmart, to, you know, brick and mortar to, to be, um, to renew kind of, uh, their, their catalog for the next season. And, uh, what did the buyer do in that meeting? Well, she brought up the product on Amazon right away and, <clears throat> and she was so impressed so, so impressed to see how cleaned up the channel had gotten since she had last looked at it, that they decided right then and there, we're, we're bringing you guys on for the next season. And so mm -hmm. that's a great example of how your, 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 how, how your channel is controlled on Amazon uh, can directly affect how your, your ability to, to grow and expand in, in, in retail or other channels. And, and, and to add on to that, the CEO of the company, uh, the supplement company was so impressed uh, by that effect on Walmart and other uh, brick and mortar retailers that he decided to cut off all distribution completely. He was, wow. he was done. He said, you know what? I don't even want to have to deal with this really anymore. Wow. Um, so let's just cut off distribution. Um, we can make it back in the other places. So, yeah. Um, and, and you know, so, so something because, because that, that's a really key point, but growing in retail is something that brands are also wanting to do. So you have a re, you know a, a retail you know customer. You've been sending them product, but they're struggling to compete with your pricing on Amazon. Mm -hmm. right? So they're not bothering to buy more, and that's something else that brands are dealing with as well. We're already in retail, but they're either not buying more because of our lack of of price control on Amazon or Walmart.com, or they're buying less. And they're slowly seeing their, you know, the, the uh, revenue that they have coming through retail decrease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, you know, it's not only about yeah. in there, but it's about growing it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's all connected. And, and, you know, that's, that's why the, um, you know, the omni-channel approach that we take uh, here at Vendo is, is so important, I think. Um, sure. But yeah, you know, I think that was a lot of information there. Uh, we went over the five, five of the six steps so far. The sixth step. Uh, to be honest, you know, you, it's very rare that you're going to get to the sixth step, but the sixth step is filing a federal complaint um, against that third-party reseller. And that's, you know, when, the, you know, you've tried maybe doing season desist, you've gotten lawyers involved a little bit, and it's still not working out. Well, you can, you can take it to, you know, uh, the federal level there. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully this was really interesting and really um, useful for everybody. Um, in the future, we, we may create some other podcasts or we definitely will on the channel control topic, but we'll probably go into some more detail on each of the steps so that, you know, you guys can have some more action items from this. But um, yeah, I hope, hope everyone enjoyed it.
Um, if you want to reach out to um, Yoji or I, um, you can email us at hello at vendocommerce.com. Um, you can go over to our Vendo website if you want to reach out to Yoji. His, his number um, is listed um, there. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media. You know, we're, we're vendo.commerce on Instagram, uh, facebook.com forward slash vendocommerce.com. Um, we're also on, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, uh, yeah. really, really just go to, go everywhere. to Vendo commerce and, and Nick, I've been sharing a lot, uh, you know, with, with different, uh, clients of ours, our case studies on Vendo commerce, yeah. as well as our thought leadership. And you'll be able to find so much information in our experts corner on, you know, what's going on on Amazon, what's going on on walmart.com. So, uh, reach out, ask us some questions. Love to talk to y'all. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one and uh, see you next episode.